Hello, and welcome to the Six Months to Six Figures series of the W Freelancing Podcast. In this series, you'll follow a specific freelancer, in this case, Brad. Hello, Brad. As Hello. I coach them, <laughs> as I coach them from early stages to earning a six-figure annual income. And broken down, $100,000 a year equals $83.33 a month. So my challenge with this series is to see how quickly I can get somebody earning that 8,333 a month with the goal being to do it within six months. Uh, so in this series, I'll connect with Brad every week or two, and it'll follow the same format as the one-on-one -on -one live coaching sessions we do in the Accelerator community. Um, but Brad's series is a little bit different because he, as you'll soon learn, runs essentially like a YouTube marketing agency or something. I don't know what the proper label will be at this point, but um, in Brad's case, he's coaching me on YouTube stuff because the DYF YouTube at the day of recording, July 5th, needs some work. <laughs> so Brad's series is a little different because he's actually going to be doing some coaching for me. So originally, we weren't going to use these parts of him coaching me as part of this series. Maybe he'd use it on his own. But as it's turned out, him coaching me and and me like feeding that back into him, it's like it's all been kind of this this initial process of helping him hone his service offering as we talk about my needs, because I'm essentially Brad's target customer. So these initial episodes, we will keep the YouTube coaching, because I think you'll find it interesting if you're trying to hone your own service offering. But then maybe in a few episodes, once he's done that, maybe we won't keep it. So that's the weird thing, I guess, about this series. Um, so in today's first episode, Brad and I are going to essentially, it's the past version, um, we're going to do the welcome call. So today we're in the future, but for this first episode, we're about to go into the past and you'll see me doing the welcome call with Brad and basically connecting on his initial challenges, goals, uh, that sort of thing. So if you're ever listening to this series and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I wish I could get coaching like that from Zach, know that you can. Uh, and if you want to, you can join the DYF Accelerator and you can do that at dyf.link slash community and you'll get coaching like this. So let's dive into today's interview. So given that we have chatted a little already, uh, besides like the typical onboarding stuff, from the coaching perspective, what are you hoping to get out of uh, the call today? Um, yeah, I'm fairly new to freelancing. So I've been doing marketing for 15 years, but I've never, I never really wanted to be a freelancer. I always try to avoid it. <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, actually, I think this is the best move for me. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you know him personally, but Brian Richards from WP Sessions recommended your philosophy community to me. And um, yeah, so what I specifically would like is right now I'm working on Upwork. Um, I finally got some momentum going there and I'm getting some clients. Um, but in the near future, I'd like to be looking for some higher quality clients outside of Upwork and also just to like, you know, systematize this business. And um, I got my niche, like I never wanted to do that, you know, because I have ADHD and I'm an entrepreneur and I, I never wanted to pick a niche. I, I just watched a call that you guys did a recording about that. Um, but what I what I kind of uh, rationalized is, well, my whole life doesn't have to be niche. It's just this business, you know. I'm gonna have multiple businesses and and stuff, 
But this business, the freelancing business, it seems like this is like ticket to entry is just pick a niche. <laughs> so, so I did. Um, I got some traction with YouTube growth and I like it. It's where I want to like dig in and, and get better and learn. So my current clients, I'm, I'm helping all of them through YouTube. Basically I'm helping them create shorts, um, from long form. I'm helping them create clips and, uh, even learning some video editing. And, uh, so yeah, I have all this experience with marketing behind it all. I know how to do SEO. I know how to do paid ads. You know, I've done everything, funnels, all that stuff. But the lane that I found in Upwork anyways is YouTube growth. So I'm I'm going to dig into that. So I've got my niche. I have no idea how to get clients outside of Upwork. Uh, the only clients I've had were from Brian Richards, who is my personal friend from like middle school. Mm. So he just happens to be one of the best WordPress developers in the world and know everybody. Um, so my only two clients were him and uh, Corey Miller from Post Status because Brian recommended me, you know? So anyways, the only clients I've ever gotten, and they were amazing. They were awesome. I, I loved working for them. They both like helped me in so many ways. And, and then I sort of like downshifted into Upwork. <laughs> it was like, oh, I have these amazing, you know, dream clients. And now I'm like battling it out in the trenches with, you know, other people. So I think that's a pretty good overview of you can probably, you probably know like where I'm at right now is like, I'm still, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I haven't been building a reputation my whole career because I never wanted to do this. Um, I haven't built like networking. I just, I was trying to be a solo, like affiliate marketer, never talk to anybody kind of thing, work behind the scenes, but, but I'm ready. I'm going to do this. So cool. I'm just making some notes. This is oh, great, by the way. One interesting thing is I do have a little bit of a following in the affiliate marketing world. Like I have like 10,000 followers on YouTube. I have a course about Bing ads from a few years ago. So like I do, I do have a little bit of a personal brand, but it's never been niched and it's never, and, and I don't even know if I want it to like kind of overlap with this freelancing stuff. So that's another vector in my, in my story that I think you could help me get some perspective and, and, um, maybe give me some direction there. Cool. So this is yeah. all great by the way. Okay. Thank you. Uh, one second. Turn the fan off. So, um, was it you the other day? It was somebody I was speaking with. Might have been Sam. There's someone who I gave them like a laundry list of stuff to go watch. I don't know if that was you. Was it you? No, it wasn't me. But okay. I would love right. that. Okay, that was what I was about to check with. Is that if I already gave you one laundry list, I don't need to pile like 50 more items on your plate. No, but pile away. <laughs> so, um, your this combo with you is reminding me a little bit of the expert interview I did with Jesse from Bento the other day. So I'm, I'll make a little fathom action item. Send you that send Jesse interview. Okay. What I loved about that interview with him. So Jesse, basically, I, I know him because he is the dude who created the email marketing software that we're now using. Uh, he went from employed to freelancing to bespoke agency to productized agency to software. That was his kind of his flow. And the thing that I really liked when I was chatting with him is that there was a consistent theme through his whole career, whether it's SaaS 
or a freelancing or job, which is that he had a market that he already belonged to and liked that he um, was able to serve and that was B2B. And so in your case, like a lot of people struggle a lot with choosing a niche and they get hung up on like things like industry. Whereas for you, the niche of like YouTube stuff, like this helps people. But what I love about what you're talking about is that the sorts of markets that you belong to or have historically belonged to or that you resonate with also stand to benefit from what you're now doing as a productized service mm -hmm. offering. Like people in that YouTube vertical that you have access to would definitely, or sorry, the affiliate marketing vertical that you have access to would definitely stand to benefit from YouTube stuff. Uh, I can't remember what you bought from us. Did you buy, like, do you have our blueprint course? No, I haven't bought any courses. I just, okay. I wanted to like be with a bunch of other people who were dealing with these freelancer things. So the accelerator sounded cool. really great to me. So what I think I'll do, I'll, I'll put it as an action item for myself. Also, I'll give you a trial of our university thing for free. Give university trial. We have some courses in there that I'm going to be pointing you to. One of them is the blueprint. And it's basically, uh, it's a course on automated lead gen. And I think it'll be really relevant for you. And it's uh, amazing. Yeah. And I'm working on one right now for, um, for case studies, which originally was a pretty small scope course. But as I've gone through it and been coaching some students through it, it's kind of broadened a little bit where part of the actual purpose of this, these case study interviews with clients is to like get ideas for where you can go market and get referrals for future projects and stuff. When isolating good case study interviews, I say like basically pick a client who you knocked it out of the park for, who's also the kind of client that people aspire to be, that people in their little niches look up to. And it sounds like you already have two of those, which is awesome. So I'm going to recommend you go down that route as I flesh out that course. But to scale all this back, your core thing that you want is how do I get direct clients that are not on Upwork? Uh, I would be interested to hear more about what your what your service offering is exactly for this YouTube growth stuff. I'm interested in this personally as like Zach from DYF because I would be a good client for you. And I would, depending what the service offering is, maybe stand to benefit a lot because what I have been currently having as a big challenge is like repurposing some of this community content as top of funnel video content. Seems pretty relevant to what you're offering. Yep, yep. So um, the approach that we teach in the blueprint is essentially like using using content marketing like strategies that you will be you'll be already knowledgeable about from your affiliate marketing days using these like pretty typical internet marketing -y content marketing strategies as a freelancer that's like basically the hook of that course uh so in terms of the low hanging fruit for you i think that a really good one would be doing doing case study interviews with um with Brian Richards and Corey Miller, because uh, did you knock it out of the park for them? Would you say, or maybe not no. out of the park, but were they happy about it? Yeah, that's tough. I'll, I'll be hanging out with Brian in a couple of days. I can definitely ask him. Um, I will say, when I worked for both of them, I I didn't really know what to do. I was like, hmm. I mean, I was like, okay, I can do anything. Let's build funnels. Let's run ads, whatever. But I was more listening to them. Like, um, okay. I did. I wasn't like as as focused as I am now. Now I'm like, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to sit down for an interview for two hours. I'm going to ask you all these questions. We're going to take that and turn it into a bunch of short form and medium form, blah, blah. I didn't have any of that. I was just like, mm. every week I was like, I'm a handyman. What do you want yeah. me to do? You know? Yeah. Um, so 
I don't feel like those case studies would be like results oriented. Yeah. I mean, I did help Brian, you know, get a lot of seats for his his virtual events, but I don't know. Well, I, I let guess, me ask you a new yeah. question then. Okay. It sounds like this YouTube niche that you are operating within right now, uh, that that service offering, which it sounds like you didn't really intentionally perform for these guys. No. It sounds like you could. Yeah. That they would stand to benefit from it. Yeah. So the question that I have for you that I also have in general that maybe you should flag for yourself as a good piece of top of funnel content for you to create. The question I often wonder as a course creator type of person is if I have to pay my video editor however much money to edit this video and I have to spend however much time on it, like how do I actually, other than if every single YouTube video went to its own vanity URL, but even then there's a certain amount of luck that comes from top of funnel content. Like you can't, you can't, you can't judge your content on how performant your worst one is or your best one is because sometimes it's random and keyword you think anyway so basically what i wonder as a course creator type of person is how much money did this top of funnel video that i posted generate for me if if i have one vanity url that i use across all my youtube videos and i know how many leads all of them in aggregate drove then i guess i could say if i had 100 videos they generated a thousand leads each lead's worth 10 bucks. That means $10,000 from 100 videos, which means each video is worth 100 bucks. But this is me asking you now, like, if you were to try to, if you did this YouTube strategy for the client, you did this big interview, you created these shorts and various top of funnel videos, what would you do to demonstrate a tangible ROI for them? Like if you wanted to say, I did this work and it brought you this many leads or this many dollars, is that something you could track? How long would it take to know? Because you have to wait for traffic to come, things like that. That's a good question. That's that's a question my current clients haven't asked yet because they're just like, I just need this content to exist, right? So that's my that's the layer that I'm providing right now. But coming from direct response marketing, affiliate marketing, I'm I'm like totally tuned into what you just asked. Um, I feel like it could be. It could definitely be done just tracking through UTMs in Google Analytics. I mean, especially if you have a um, a lead generation funnel, I mean, that could easily be tracked per video um, just with UTMs. I mean, you just set up a goal in Google Analytics and then um, you would know like which video was driving. I mean, I guess you're saying, so you're going to say a, a URL in the video and you're, you're assuming like some of the people are going to go, I mean that, yeah, that's, that's a problem with tracking always in marketing. And that's just, it's just going to be attributed to direct traffic or whatever. But, um, but I guess if you, if you, if you added UTMs to all the links in the description, um, then you could at least start getting you could get proportional uh, data on which things were driving, even though that direct traffic might be most of it or might not. <laughs> so, um, and, you, and then the, the next step would be ads. That's very trackable, you know? Um, so you, you leverage the video work that you do for clients for ads? I could, yeah. Okay. Not yet. That's the thing. I just got started. I mean, I'm literally like two weeks or two oh. months, sorry, okay, two months. into Upwork. Um, one month was just, 
I don't even know what I am. Am I an SEO? Am I a WordPress person? Am I a Google ads person? I don't know. And then after about a month, I, I started realizing all that stuff was very competitive. And I got a couple of clients somehow through YouTube. And I was like, I'm going to dig into this. Um, so yeah, I think that's the next phase is like, you know, one of my clients is like just trying to get famous basically. So he's not like a, a, a business uh, direct response kind of thing. He just wants more fans, more followers, more subscribers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the next phase will be more of this direct response type stuff. But uh, for you, I would say if you create like really directed content for specific keywords, you get a lot of you got to get a lot of mileage out of YouTube because. If you make a key, uh, if you like take a list of, of questions about freelancing, you know, how do I get my first freelancing clients? Then you make a video that's five or 10 minutes that stands on its own as, as a YouTube piece, but then you embed it in a blog article on your website for the same keyword. And Google is going to give you some SEO love. I know you said SEO seems like magic, um, or whatever, but that's simple. It's like, how do yeah, I get? More, I know that. How much. do I get? I try my, to make helpful okay. shit. That's how much I know about SEO. But I don't. Yeah, that feels still like Matt. Like, how do I <laughs> feel? Yeah. the The simplest way is take the question, answer the question in a video, put it out on YouTube, and then it goes yeah. out there. And then take the exact same video, put it on your website with the same URL, and then you might get SEO traffic as well. And it's cool. all building your authority, but. And that's what I do, and I take it a step further, where I repurpose the same thing as a an email newsletter. And I basically, this is early enough that I don't know the value of it. But the reason I'm asking you these things, because I don't, I don't want to be getting value from you right now. What we can do for me getting value <laughs> from you, like we can set up a proper, once you're finding, because it seems like you've got some really good gems here that are starting to work. So we can do like a proper interview deep dive kind of thing. But I think that there is, uh, there's probably a really good opportunity for both of us here where you can, you can use me as a beta client to like learn about a honed service offering and I can get value from you. Uh, and stuff like totally. that. So we can chat about that later. But yeah, the um, the thing for now. So if I just okay. rewind things back, so I think it's really cool that you have this niche. And the thing that I would, the thing I want to find out about what you want to be doing is the leverage part. I think that the challenge, if you are doing the video editing and stuff, is going to come down to how much of a video can be worth. Uh, I do think you'll, okay. I mean, this, this is what I would think the challenge would be. Like, if you want to have your effective hour, hourly rate be several hundred dollars an hour, I think that that, if you're just putting out top of funnel YouTube content, like you'd have to sh- presumably have to show the value of that unless, and so this is the other point I wanted to make that interview with Jesse, the productized service that he created in the end that worked really, really, really well for him was basically helping people find writers, full-time writers on retainer. That was basically his service. And the reason it works so well is because his clients were people who already believed in the value of this. He didn't have to sell them on like the ROI of a writer. They didn't care because they already wanted wanted a writer. And it sounds like that's kind of what your clients so far have been. I, I believe that is true right now. I think everybody, just like a few years ago, everybody was like, I got to get a Facebook page. I think that most business owners right now know that they need to start getting on this like TikTok, uh, YouTube shorts. Like they need to do this. Uh, Gary Vee is talking about it. You know, I think 
And that's what's cool about this niche is like, I think there's a, there's an updraft kind of thing happening where I think this is just a thing that business owners feel like they need to check the box, which is great. Right. And that's what your, that's what your friend sounds like hit is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you don't have to convince me that I need writers for content. I just yeah. need it. So, and, and so far my clients, that's what it's felt like. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One one client doesn't he doesn't even know I'm a marketer. Like honestly, he doesn't care. He's like, wait, you're gonna edit videos for like I'm charging 50 bucks an hour on Upwork right now. He's like, you're gonna edit videos and I and we can like he's like, hey, yeah, hey, what whatever, you know. I just need these videos to like go out, you know. So, but I would love to get to that level where I am anchoring it to a value and working with more like business focused, you know, people. But but yeah, I think I think you nailed it. And I was going to say, like, as the follow up there, that I think you're all right, 10 minutes until office hours. So okay. I do have an actual heart stop. No. And, I, I, no, I, and no, I'm no. going to join office hours as well. So, okay, great. So we can continue this there. You can use our conversation as a, as a teaching thing. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I will. Oh, I will. One of the things in my SOP, which I guess I'll just ask you now, uh, in general, if I want to quote something you say, so we always have recordings of things within the community privately. Uh, but if I want to excerpt something that we talk about for top of funnel stuff, uh, would you prefer me to A, always use it every time without asking, B, uh, I can use it sometimes, but I should ask every time, or C, never ever use anything you say publicly? That's really well worded. You're so good at systems. I can already tell. Um, it's by necessity. <laughs> I believe that because I've been leveling up my systems dramatically since becoming a freelancer. Um I would say, I guess, oh man, somewhere between ask and always. Mm. I have a couple clients with some confidentiality things, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you the confidential stuff anyway. Yeah, so. and I won't share. I'm not going to share anything. Like as a rule, what I think I'll do is if if someone's talking about something they're having a hard time with, I will, I will ask probably in general. Like I, if there's something that might at all be embarrassing for somebody to have shared, I'm going to ask before I say that publicly, regardless. Okay. Your answer right now. Yeah. Yeah. But importantly, it's not never. So I would, I would like for you to be able to, to use the content that we create. But for today, would you prefer I put you on the safe side of yes, but ask every time and maybe one day we upgrade you to yes, always, or put you as a yes, always. And maybe one day we downgrade you after I upset. Yeah. You. Put put me as, as a yes, always. And <laughs> I'll, uh, send me, I'm not, I'm not too <laughs> Okay. So what I was going to circle back to with the Jesse thing, the reason one really, really important note for Jesse's business model versus yours, the reason Jesse's business model works so well is that he sourced writers in Eastern Europe and his productized service, I think it was like a thousand bucks a month. So it was just a very good price if you're comparing it to a full-time writer in the US uh, for a thing they believed in. And I, I think that you 50 bucks an hour cool 100 bucks an hour harder 200 bucks an hour much harder and that's where you get into things like if somebody is a writer they run into it where something like a content writer tends to be more commoditized and so you if you're a copywriter doing a sales page that is the kind of thing you can have a very high effective value rate because you say i made the sales page or drove these sales that kind of thing if you're a content writer and you don't have the seo component you're saying i'm ticking a box well how you're reliant on what the client values mm. that box tick at. Whereas if you can 
if you do find a way to illustrate the actual tangible value of videos without it being a vague in the future thing, then you have a lot of leverage. But another point that I want to make for you is that like with the structure in DYF now, like I have my virtual assistant editing videos, doing a lot of the publishing steps, but there's still many things that come into my shoulders that will require a lot of training before I can give to her. Like writing our email newsletters and programming them in Bento, that's quite an advanced thing because she is a non-native English speaker, not a copywriter, that sort of thing. Uh, there's someone in our community, Kim, who has a productized service that is like a done with you kind of service. I don't know if you want to scale an agency. We don't have enough time now, but maybe in the office hours we can chat about it to talk about your ideal business model. But as a fellow ADHDer, what I can tell you from my own experience is that freelancing is really fucking boring for an ADHDer mm. because once you're really good, you're going to be doing, especially with you choosing a niche, you're going to be doing the same work all the time. And mm -hmm. at least for me, and I think everyone with ADHD, you need uh, that novelty and you need some challenge. And if you're doing the yep. same work, it's going to be boring. But what I'm finding with DYF that's really fun compared to when I was freelancing is that because DYF is an actual product-based business, it means that there are always new challenges for me to tackle because like the concept of fulfillment is different in a product-based business. So like in a freelancing business, if I go out and do the blueprint and generate a bunch of leads, all that does is it puts more boring, repetitive work on my plate. Because if I have to build more websites and I don't really enjoy building websites, mm. it's always the same. But if your business is productized or an agency that can have the work fulfilled largely by staff, then this means that you get to constantly be like building your own funnels and building your own like conversion rate optimization things and like, you know, all the cool shit that you know from your background. So mm -hmm. what I love about your business model is how compatible it is with that because like Mari went from being like, she's got a really, really good personality for, um, for what we need. She loves learning new things, loves the visuals of video. And I, I used to work with her just as like a generalized virtual assistant, but she always likes learning new things. I was like, Hey, Mari, do you want to learn video editing to edit my videos? And she did. And now we've got a really good flow worked out. I built a really in-depth SOP. And I think that if you have good SOPs and stuff, like video editing is pretty systematic, but mm -hmm. there might be some some really like secret saucy things that you personally have to do, like maybe manually calling out the curation things or building the actual emails or doing the copy direction or whatever. But I think that there are the bones for a productized, scalable business here for you. Uh, and also the bones if you wanted to go in the direction of like courses, because you could do a course educating small business owners on how to do this themselves, things like that. So with all this being said, when you think about the kind of business you want to grow long term, uh, do you do you or maybe not long, long, long term, right? Let's just say the kind of business you're targeting in the next couple of years. Are you leaning towards being a highly leveraged soloist? Are you going to go for like agency, productized agency? Do you want to go to products? Like what, what are you thinking your next steps might look like? Awesome questions. Thank you. Um, I don't want to scale an agency. I don't want to manage a lot of people, perhaps one or two like you, like a virtual assistant, perhaps, um, at least right now. I would I like highly leveraged soloist and also I have already created products and courses. I'm totally comfortable with that and I would love to leverage this into a either productized service and or courses. Like that is my like happy zone ADHD. I get to teach and learn and um I love the leverage there. So so yeah. 
not so much on scaling an agency. The money is irrelevant. I don't want to manage 20, 30 people, whatever. Definitely eventually productized service and or courses and stuff. Okay, cool. All right. Let me let me pause for a second, my brain. So you wanted to think about it, niche, talk about your friends. And the core goal was direct clients without Upwork. So I think that's gonna be really easy for you. I think that it I think well, let me say it this way. It's not gonna be really easy, right? Because nothing is. But I think it's gonna be much easier for you than it will be for many other community members because you have you have just like everything working for you here. And it's not going to be, I don't want to like set your expectations that you're just going to have an easy breezy time. But I do feel like you have a service offering that's helpful. You have clients already who you could do this service offering for and use as case studies. Like, So yeah, maybe um, when we chat here in the office hours, we can just continue what we've been talking about here. Okay. Thank, thank you so much. I, I seriously got so much from this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. I love the, the ADHD part as well. That's really important to me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love talking about it. I, I love that this community is an excuse for me to get to connect with fellow ADHDers. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me check in terms of my onboarding stuff if I have any things that I need to chat with you about. Oh, I wanted to ask you. So when I first launched this community, it was overwhelming for a lot of people. Uh, because mm -hmm. of just mistakes that I made. And I've tried to put things in place that made it not overwhelming. Uh, you came to your first accelerator session the other day. I'm just curious, like, what did you think of it? I was a bit overwhelmed, yeah. Um, there's something about, like, like it's, I, I'm a very technical person. I'm still, like, struggling to find, like, where is everything? Mm. Um, but I'm so excited about the content. Like, I want to go back through... Like the the feed mechanism for for an archive, I don't think is perfect, right? Like it'd be cooler if like all of your recorded masterminds and stuff were on one page with like cards or something. Yeah, I'm gonna build that. Okay, and I'm gonna build yeah, tags and facet WP and all that great stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but and also, I'll I'll be honest. I got a little flustered when you just were like, "Okay, go do this thing." I was like, <laughs> like. I didn't realize, like, I, th I thought it was going to be lurking here. And then I had to like post. And I kind of liked your approach because it just, there wasn't any like questioning to it. It was just like, yep, you guys go do this now. And I was like, Ugh. um, but then I realized, holy shit, I'm in a real, this is a real coaching program. Like, and, and you are putting your money where your mouth is. Like, you're showing up on this call as a part of the thing. Like, I'm excited because I think my growth is about to skyrocket with, I think so too, because of your community. You know, freelancing weirdly. Uh, I know I won't I won't talk too long, but freelancing is kind of it's kind of hard to find content because everybody's like, oh, they're designers and these are, you know. So you've built this like sort of lightning rod for a certain thing, and that's why I joined. I was like, I want I want the pure like the words that they say, the concepts they're thinking about, the books they're reading. I just want to absorb it all. I want it to wash over me. And you've built that and it's amazing. I'm so excited about it. Wow. Um, that's great. Yeah. No, it's, Can I use that on awesome. YouTube? Of course. Yeah. So uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, please like, subscribe, leave good reviews, things like that. And as a reminder, if you join the DYF Accelerator, 
Your membership includes access to one-on-one office hours, live coaching with me. You can book a 20-minute live coaching session with me each week. Uh, You also get recordings to all the past office hours, masterminds, and other community events. So if you're thinking of joining, now's the time to join. We'll be capping the community at 200 members so that everyone can get like one-on-one attention. So if you want to learn more, you can do that at dyf.link slash community. And if you want to learn more about Brad's business, where can they check you out, Brad? The Nomad Brad. The Nomad Brad on where? TheNomadBrad.com and YouTube and Twitter. And you're the Nomad Brad everywhere. Yes, there are other Nomad Brads. But but if I search the Nomad Brad on Twitter, it'll be you. Or at least if it looks like you. Yes, at the Nomad Brad is me. Okay, awesome. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thanks for being here, Brad, and uh, see you in the next episode.